0: Hi, this is Elliot Fisherman and welcome to our February 2012 CTSS quiz. We have 10 terrific cases for you today, really some spectacularly interesting cases. So, let's take a look and see how you do. This is an interesting case. What you're looking at is, when you look at these two images, there's a large cystic mass in the left upper quadrant in a 50-year-old female. You'll notice the mass has some septation, slight nodularity. I guess the question would be where it's coming from. It's not the kidney, Uh, I guess theoretically it could be coming off the stomach like a gist tumor. Uh, We can't tell that here or we can't exclude that here. But when I see something in this location, I'm thinking of a pancreatic mass. Could this be a mesenteric cyst? It'd be the world's largest mesenteric cyst, but I guess it's a possibility. In terms of being an adrenal lesion, I think that's probably least likely based on the epicenter. It's really more arising from the pancreas. In fact, this was an unusual case. This was a serous cyst adenoma of the pancreas. It's an unusual in that it's so large and has these septations. And again, septations are common in serous cyst adenomas, but just a huge size. I guess the thought could have been a mucinous cystic neoplasm female, 50, and large uh, mass off the distal body or tail, but this was reported as a cirrhosis adenoma. Very interesting case, but the least likely diagnosis would be an adrenal cyst. This is a great case because you see two findings. One is something in the liver and something in the pelvis. When you look at the pelvic mass for a second, what you see is a cystic mass with multiple cysts within it or daughter cysts. Could this be an ovarian tumor? I guess that's a possibility, but uh, you know, it's not. And then, what do you see in the liver? You see a densely calcified cystic lesion. Now, what calcifies? Old hematomas can calcify, infection can calcify. But when you look in the pelvis and you look at the patient's name, he was obviously from a foreign country in the Middle East. And so, when you see this lesion, that cystic pelvic mass really looks like a hydatid cyst no matter where you put it in the chest, in the liver, in the kidney, in the pelvis. And calcified lesion in the liver is very good for hydatid disease. Hydatid disease in the liver 70% of calcification. This was a wonderful example of hydatid cyst disease. Again, with a lot of foreign travel these days, with people coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan, you might see these cases in your practice, so it's important to be aware of them. This case is easy to diagnose when you think about what we're looking at. We're looking at multiple cystic lesions along the surface of the liver, but also on the stomach and the surface of the spleen. You describe it as scalloping. When I say the word scalloping, I'm always thinking about pseudomyxoma peritonei. It can be from gastric cancer, it can be from ovarian cancer, it can be from bile duct tumors, it can be from mucocils of the appendix. This was actually from ovarian cancer. It's not ruptured hydatid cysts. That could give you cystic implants on the liver, but not this kind of pattern. Obviously, it's not polycystic kidney disease. It's not simple ascites. is a wonderful example of pseudomyxoma peritonei. This is a great case, and an unfortunate case. This patient had a complicated history of surgery, and in the left lower quadrant, this patient with fever, on the topogram, you see some dilated bowel, and you see a ring and you look on the ct that looks like artifact but that artifact is from the ring it's not from barium and what was left behind was a towel. And the ring is actually put there so the towel will not be left behind. Surgical misadventures always happen even in the carefulest of hands. So what you're dealing with here is a retained sponge with rings, and the patient had to have surgery, and this was removed. Again, sometimes barium can confuse you. You assume this barium and this artifact from barium, but you gotta be thinking, how come there's no barium anywhere else? Then you you go back to the topogram and you can make the diagnosis very comfortably and call up a surgeon and inform them. Now this case is a nice case because I've shown you many cases of endoleaks and here's a 3D map showing you the leak. but what you're really seeing here is look at the buckling of the patient's endovascular stent. It's bent on itself That means there's failure of the stent itself, which is typically a type 4 endoleak. You can see the image on your left, the bright red, is all the uh, endoleak that's present. It's important to understand endoleaks with endovascular stents being so common these days. Type 2 endoleak is the most common. Type 4 is probably the least common, but here's a very nice example of that. This is a wonderful case, and I say that because this is something you learned as a resident and you almost never see this case. Well, if you look at the liver, there's air within the biliary tree, and there's air in the common duct. Well, if the patient has sphincterotomy, that would be great, but the patient had no sphincterotomy. If you look at the coronal image, the patient has dilated bowel, and if you look inside that bowel, there's a circular density, and that is in fact not a polyp, that's a gallstone. This patient had abdominal pain, and this is a classic gallstone ileus. Erosion of a gallstone into the duodenum. You get the fistula between the biliary tree and duodenum. You then have this uh, uh, large gallstone, which commonly will obstruct bowel. Typically, it obstructs at the ileocecal valve. Here, we're getting more proximal obstruction. So just a wonderful example of gallstone ileus. Something you rarely see, but of a couple weeks ago, so you got to be paying attention. This is a great case, and we just published an article about this, and you'll read about it soon. If you look carefully, this patient has a large aneurysm and the vascular stent in place. But when you look at the aneurysm anteriorly and uh, on the axials and sagittals, you see air within the lumen of the native aorta. You also see an endoleak. But that air, and you look carefully, the duodenum is sitting right in front. This is an aortoenteric fistula. It's usually at the level of the duodenum. It can be postoperative, it can be erosion in patients with inflammatory aneurysms. This is one of the larger aneurysms I've seen with an endo uh, with a uh, endovascular stent in place and an aortoenteric fistula. Very important diagnosis, if not treated, mortality reaches approximately 100%. So aggressive management with surgery is indeed necessary. I'm showing you this case, this is a wonderful case because what you're seeing is an infiltrating tumor in the left kidney. And when you look at this case carefully, what could it be? It doesn't look like a papillary renal cell carcinoma. And that's what I'm asking here. What's the least likely diagnosis? Papillaries are well-defined lesions. This is infiltrating. So, I would say lymphoma is the best diagnosis. Transitional cell carcinoma can cause this, and you really see the calcium very poorly, and sometimes transitional cells infiltrate the whole kidney. That's a possibility, but I would favor lymphoma. What about this renal plasma cytoma? Well, in fact, that's the answer. I've never seen a renal plasma cytoma. Plasma cytomas can occur in organs and uh, soft tissue and in kidney, and this is one of those cases. So I made it easy for you, I asked you the least likely, not the most likely diagnosis. And this was a renal plasma cytoma. So take a good look, you may never see one again. I'm showing you this case because this is an important finding in that it's a leave-alone finding. You often see this in arterial phase imaging. There's a very bright dot in the liver and there's a little bit of haziness around it or a halo. And if you go to the venous phase, it's probably gone or nearly gone. Now, if you had a neuroendocrine tumor, could this be metastasis? Could it be FNH? Could it be hepatic adenoma? This very bright dot, with that haze around it, is very classic for a cavernous hemangioma. Very nice example of that, very bright, nice enhancement. This case is a nice example of a left upper quadrant mass that's vascular. Could this be a splenic mass? Well, I think the spleen is pushed. Could it be coming off the stomach? I guess from the views I showed you, it could be a gist tumor. there would be very impressive vascularity for a gist tumor, but something to think about. Could it be a pheochromocytoma? That's a possibility, they are very vascular. Uh, It's probably not pancreatic based on epicenter, although if it was, you'd be thinking of neuroendocrine tumor. Uh, in this case, in fact, it was an adrenal carcinoma. I guess if you said a few, I'd give you half credit. Adrenal carcinomas are often very vascular, particularly in arterial phase imaging. They wash out fairly quickly, they can be large, particularly the non functioning tumors are in the 10 centimeter range on average. And this was a non functioning tumor. The patient presented with left upper quadrant pain. So, those are 10 absolutely terrific cases. I hope you enjoyed them, and I hope you got them all right. If you didn't get them all right, I hope you learned something. And with that, have a great day.